All right. Ian Trottier, Discussions of Truth. Metallica kill them all, uh, seek and destroy because we seek out to destroy corruption. We mean business. And so should you folks. I started the show in 2016. Winwood Radio, Miami Beach. Lo and behold, there was a virus. There was a an epidemic locally to Miami Dade called the Zika virus. Yes, there's definitely something going on with these pharmaceutical companies, and they have your health in their best interest, and they aim to completely manipulate and monopolize your dependency on them, in my view. So you can do things like eat raw foods, uh, and you, you, you things like things like chemtrails. Oh, you know, chemtrails. These, you know, these these are. Uh, this is just a conspiracy theory. Uh, no, th- this is not a conspiracy theory. Chemtrails is actually an Air Force term uh, to emit things like dibrom, and uh, you know the, the 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 argument we're giving we're given behind behind the use of chemtrails into our atmosphere is to deflect um, the the rays of the sun. Uh, Alana Freeland, she's three time guest on the program. She's written some incredibly compelling work that explains exactly what's going on behind these chemtrails. So no, this is not theory. This is not, not, not theory. It might be a conspiracy. There's no doubt about that, but it is not theory. This is fact. Chemtrails are happening. And so are viral outbreaks that are being used to take away your rights. That's happening. Forcing you to wear things like a mask. Oh no, it's the best interest of your health. In the best interest of your coworkers and your family, please, you must wear a mask. Wear a mask? Why don't you wear a mask and you stay home if you feel like you can be infected by somebody that's not wearing a mask? Don't infringe on my right to breathe air, even if I'm breathing in particles released and emitted in the atmosphere from chemtrails. It's my right. My right to breathe, and there shouldn't be anything covering my mouth and that right to breathe. And these are my opinions, and I've been talking about these now for two years, and I've been uh, I've been traveling and being involved in things like the Clay Clark Reawaken Tour. Controlled opposition is very real, okay? And do not look at political parties, folks. Do not look at political parties to solve your governmental needs. The political parties in this country are a complete waste of your time. They are meant to divide you. And then they will conquer once you are divided and you're bickering at each other because of your political differences. Then something like a body, a foreign body like the United Nations will move in and they will conquer you. That will happen if you do not stand up for your constitutional rights, a la Second Amendment. I am a very nonviolent person. I never, never joined the military, but I fully support and believe in self-defense. Once you, once you throw something like the Second Amendment out the window. That's it. You have no ability to arm yourself uh, with, at least with a, with, with, you know, something very basic like a handgun, which, 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 which you should do everything you can and must to retain that right. Even in San Jose, California recently, the mayor now, he's, in order to get people that own handguns, uh, it's now a law law that you must uh, have an insurance policy behind the handgun uh, ownership, which means you're now registering these things. You know, places like Texas, I believe South Carolina, 
these are constitutional carry states where they say, hey, it's your Second Amendment right. That means it's your right to 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 carry 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 something to defend yourself, carry a weapon, a handgun to defend yourself. I, I'm not I'm not pro- promoting sales of handguns. You know, just go out and buy a handgun just to buy a handgun. What I am promoting is the ability that you have under the Constitution of the United States, handed down from 1776, to defend yourself against tyrannic overreach. And if you think this government is not overreaching, then I ask you to simply relook. I'm not saying Trumpsters, people are there, Trump supporters, and yes, Trump had some nice things to say about me. And I'm not saying Biden supporters. I'm not, this has nothing to do with political parties. This has everything to do with the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Uh, so we're going to bring on um, a past guest, uh, Tom Hartman. It's a New York Times bestseller. And uh, we're going to dial him in right now. I will be in San Diego. And uh, folks, if you've been listening before, you like the work I'm doing, I'm now getting, uh, now it talks with Salem Media about uh, uh, um, uh, possibly occupying a time slot there in San Diego. Uh, And so um, feel free to sponsor, Uh, sponsor, sponsor me, sponsor my work. Uh, My, my book is on pre-order. I just spoke with my publisher I've now got an editor looking at this. Uh, that should be coming, and, and, and some of you have pre-ordered the book. Uh, it, that should be released here in a couple months. Um, so p- please uh, stay tuned to Freedom Reserve, No More Lies. I think the copyright is of 2000, uh, 2018. It's been on the, uh, it's been on the, it's been on the um, conveyor belt, if you will. It's been, it's been on the conveyor belt for, for a few years, but um all good things take time. All good things take time. So uh, let me get uh, Tom Hartman here and dial him in, and uh, and we will uh, we will talk about his recent uh, his recent book, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Tom Hartman. Dialing in Tom Hartman. Uh, he is offline right now. Okay, I was expecting the. Uh, Expecting the Skype call there. Let's see if we've got. Um, I want to go into a guy named Peter Pry about this Ukraine. Um, he's an EMP. Uh, consultant in DC. He's a former CIA operative. Uh, let 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 me let me let me see if we can go here uh, again here uh, and, and and see if we can bring on Tom. Uh, let me try Tom uh, Tom Hartman again here. Let's see if Tom answers. The hidden history of the Big Brother in America. Tom? No, offline. Okay, let me uh, let me reach out again. And and it's possible possible that I'm dialing. No, that's the. That's the number I have for, for Tom. Um, uh, let's see. Okay. Dialing you. This is Tom Hartman, ladies and gentlemen. Um, maybe I've got, let me check the index here. 
Let's see if I've got Tom. No, I don't. Don't have him on speed dial. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay, here we go. Let's let's try this now. Let's let's see. Let's try this and see if Tom uh, Tom is available. This uh, number again. The hidden history of Big Brother in America. Ah, oh, that didn't work. All right. Well. Okay. Okay. Try this one more time. Again, just attempting to connect with Tom Hartman. Here we go. Hey, thanks for calling. My phone doesn't take. Uh, okay, he is attempting to reach me. There we go. Tom. Yeah. Uh, Ian Trotch. Ian Trottier here. Oh, hi, Ian. I've been waiting for you to call me on Skype. I, I was I was attempting to call you on Skype. Um, it didn't go through. Uh, let me should I try again, or is this a good line for you? Uh, no, we can use the phone like this. It's just fine. Fantastic, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Tom Hartman. Uh, Tom, uh, I have a copy of your most recent book in front of me, The Hidden History of Big Brother in America. And ladies and gentlemen, this talks about uh, how the death of privacy and the rise of surveillance threaten the United States and our democracy. Uh, Tom, how, how, how are things going? It's been, uh, let's see, we, we talk about once a year, I suppose. How, how are things going uh, since we last spoke? So far, so good. <laughs> Although, uh, you know, everybody in the world is trying to get your, your personal information so that they can sell it, monetize it, or use it to change the way you behave. Tom, are you familiar with the guy named Zach Voorhees? You ever heard that name? No. Zach Voorhees uh, worked for Google for seven years, uh, and he blew the whistle because they were manipulating uh, search results uh, to favor political uh, searches and query, uh, uh, and, and so he blew the whistle. The DOJ uh, scoffed at him, and so he, he released uh, his 950-so pages uh, through Project Veritas. That might be somebody that uh, you're, you might be interested in, in, in looking into, Zach Voorhees. Uh, he's a friend of mine. I'd be happy to make the intro. Uh, so tell us, tell us about, uh, tell us about uh, what's happening online. I mean, uh, uh, you know, things have changed so dramatically in the last 20 years and certainly in the last 10, but, uh, everything we, everything we put into the internet is uh, basically being stored and, uh, and tracked. Yeah, it, it is. And it's not, it, it's, it's far more granular than most people realize. Um, because, uh, the, uh, the Trump administration, uh, Ajit Pai specifically, the former Verizon lawyer that Trump put in charge of the FCC, uh, ended net neutrality in the United States. We are the only country in the developed world now where the company that brings the internet into your home can literally look at every single keystroke, everything you do, how, how you do it. They, they, there are companies that actually use this data and, and determine your state of mind, your emotional well-being based on how quickly you type certain words. Um, they know when you look at individual web pages, how long you spend looking at the pictures, how you know, what text you read, um, where you go from where you go. Literally, they read every single email you get, every single email you send. Your, the 
the company is bringing it into your home. Um, what's so ironic is that you know before they blew up net neutrality, this was illegal. It was it was covered under the same laws that cover your phone company. And in fact, right now, uh, your phone company, if they want to listen in on your phone calls, because again, these laws go back to the 1930s. It's called Title II of the Telecommunications Act. If they want to listen in on your phone calls. Uh, they have to get a warrant, you know, it, it requires a warrant from a police agency. But if they want to monitor what you're doing on the browser on your smartphone, they can just take e absolutely everything you do and, you know, compile that data and sell it to anybody they want. So we have we have voluntarily uh, we are voluntarily giving this information in the guise of connecting with high school friends or connecting with uh, family members over over social media. Is that right? Yeah, and, and, and way beyond that, uh, you know, we also voluntarily gave up our right to that privacy. Uh, well, actually, we didn't. Uh, Donald Trump and Occupy did that on our behalf. Um, you know, like I said, we're the only country in the developed world where that's the case. Uh, you, you know, the, Europe tightly regulates their Internet service providers, and they have good competition. I mean, you know, in France, you can get high-speed Internet, 100 bits up and down, plus a cell phone plus 100 ca channels of cable TV for about $30 a month. Try that in the United States. But in France, you've got literally over 100 companies competing as your, to be your internet service provider, whereas in most of America, there's only one or two companies available, so there's no competition. Yeah, so that's we're, another book. That's my book on Monopoly. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a book. On, that's what I was going to say. This is a total uh, antitrust issue. Um, what can you say uh, What can you say about Section 230? Um, you know, this... Uh, this is a law that was written by, uh, I believe, an Oregon senator and a California senator. The law's a couple decades old, but it's very vaguely written. What can you say about Section 230? Anything that uh, listeners should should be concerned about? Sure. Yeah. Let me give you an analogy. If if uh, you Ian were to invite uh, you know uh, random strangers in your neighborhood, you know, put a big sign out in front of your house that says, "Come on in, we're having a party all day Saturday." And uh, in the back room, there's uh, you know a bunch of people uh, smoking crack, and in the front room, there's some guy beating up another guy with a broken bottle, and in another back room, there's somebody raping somebody. And the police and, and 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 over in the in the garage, they're showing you know kitty porn or something. If the police came in to your house, they would hold you accountable for all the crimes that you were observing and allowing to happen in your own home. I mean, that, we all understand that, right? I mean, this is you know, this is law that goes back to the 1800s. It probably goes back to British common law. So up until 1990s, or up until uh, yeah, 1996, um, this was the law for the internet as well. If you built a home on the internet and you invited people in and they committed crimes, you were complicit in those crimes, particularly if you had knowledge of it and still allowed it to happen. And from 1981 until 1996, uh, Nigel Peacock and I, he's an old friend of mine, um, were writing forms for CopyServe. And they paid us to do this because we had to check every single message. We had a whole staff of people that worked for us. We had to check every single message to make sure that it wasn't, you know, committing a crime essentially before it could be released. And and or we had to verify, you know, who, who people were so that we could try, you know, we had trusted people who could post. Uh, in '96, when this law passed, Section 230, this law passed, it basically said you can invite people into your house, you can have a party, they can be selling drugs, they can be, they can be, you know, human trafficking. It doesn't matter. You will not be held accountable. And that set off a boom that 
made Mark Zuckerberg the richest one other one of the richest men on the planet, and uh, you know to this day continues to haunt us with regard to social media. So uh, you know, and and this is by the way not just a, a partisan issue. Yeah, Ron White here in Oregon wants to do something about it. He's a Democrat, but uh, Josh Hawley wrote a book about this. And the second half of the book is kind of a rant about how liberals want to destroy America or something. But the, the first third of the book is exactly about this issue. And he does a pretty good job of laying it out. So I think there's a bipartisan consensus that we need to do something about this. Um, but the devil's in the details. And since the Supreme Court said that it's perfectly legal for a corporation to own politicians, you've got these now multi-hundred billion dollar, trillion dollar companies that own enough politicians that they've been able to prevent any forward motion on this. So where has this really taken a dive? Is this is this like post 9-11 where, uh, where, where, where this country has allowed this type of encroachment into people's privacy? Is, is that really a tipping point in your view when you look at the history of things here, Tom? Or, or, or what is that was, it? That was a tipping point in terms of government big brother. In the book, I distinguish between government big brother and corporate big brother. Corporate big brother really was unleashed in a big way in, uh, at least with regard to the internet, 1996 with the Telecommunications Act. Uh-huh. Um, Tom... And, and the government Big Brother came with the Patriot Act in 2003. You're right, or 2002. With the Patriot Act, yeah, the Patriot Act. Um, are you, would you, do you advise... What do you what do you advise uh, listeners uh, listeners to do? I mean, get off of Facebook, get off of Twitter. Uh, are these... Uh, are, the, are these platforms that uh, are secretly being controlled by the CIA? Uh, let me ask you this question. Uh, let me ask you this question, Tom. Um, what, what, if anything, do you know about InQtel? What, what can you tell listeners about InQtel? What do you know about InQtel? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so my understanding of InQtel, and that's I-N-Q-T-E-L, there, there's a, an East Coast office and a, and a West Coast office. InQtel is basically the... Uh, the CIA investment branch for these these private uh, private uh, uh, or these these corporate companies. Um, it's called InQtel, and I asked Zach that question, uh, and he certainly he, he simply didn't really want to talk about it. Um, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, it might be. Some- to invest in these companies, they can just buy data from. I mean, that's that's you know, increasingly governments are getting around privacy laws by simply buying data from from these data brokers. Mm-hmm. Uh, give an example of a data broker. Oh, there's all kinds of them. There's, there's, there's companies that, that uh, compile data for landlords, that do it for banks, that do it for retail stores, that, you know, it's just, it's just all over the place. Um, there's, uh, for example, you get the SIFT score. The Wall Street Journal broke this story in 2019. Uh, SIFT says more than 16,000 signals inform the SIFT score. Um, uh, and, you know, basically they supply information to, uh, another one, retail equation supplies information to 34,000 stores in the United States. Um, you know, if you want to return merchandise, if you call in, how long are you going to wait on hold? Um, will they grant you credit? In some cases, will they even sell you products? Um, another company, uh, according to Represent Consumers, is Zeta Global, which claims that they have a database of more than 700 million people with an average of 2,500 pieces of data per person, including the number of times you've dialed a customer service call center, whether you've browsed a competitor's website, searched certain keywords in the past few days. My advice is assume that everything you're doing online is being observed and, and uh, you know, and take appropriate 
uh, steps. I, you know, I'm not bailing out of Twitter or Facebook. I want to keep track of my cousins back in Michigan on Facebook and, yeah. and, uh, you know, and I'm, and, and Twitter is, you know, an extraordinarily important part of social media right now. But I think that it's time for, uh, Josh Hawley and Ron Wyden to get together and do something about section 230. Uh-huh. So, so okay. So let me, let me also run this name by you, Tom, and I can send you more information on this is the guy that uh, was banned from Facebook, uh, he can go into detail as to why he was banned from Facebook, but he had he had a few million million followers, so he was generating a nice income for himself, uh, and uh, and he's now suing Facebook. But what he's also doing is he's going after the federal government to try to get these uh, politicians to train change Section Two Thirty. His name is Fick, F Y K. Jason Fick, where do you where do you think where do you think this is coming from, Tom? Have we certainly allowed have we simply allowed a uh, a technology to 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 basically run through our our day to day lives? It's very convenient for all of us. Um, and are have has it has it has it grown too fast for us to keep up with it? What's happening here? What's falling through the cracks? The basic premise of capitalism in a representative democracy or a republic like we have is that government establishes the rules of the game sort of like you know the the uh, nfl establishes the rules for football and that those rules are set up so that the game is sustainable over the long term minimizes harms and still allows profits and you know we we modified the rules in 1996 around the internet the rules of the game um, in a way that would allow companies to rapidly increase profits in ways that potentially actually harmed us all. Uh, but the trade-off or the assumption at the time was this is what we need to kickstart the, the information revolution. This corresponded, this was during the Clinton administration actually, um, this corresponded with this whole neoliberal push that Reagan and Bush had started when they negotiated NAFTA and GATT and, and, and the WTO, which Clinton then followed through on by you know signing those agreements. But they, they this the whole neoliberal experiment started in 1981 with the Reagan administration. And uh, so the consequence of this massive deregulation has been that the rule keepers, the NFL, in this case it's the government, um, have not been maintaining rules that protect average people. Rules have worked entirely to the benefit of these giant companies, which is why you, we've got all these billionaires now coming out of tech, and uh, and you can't find out what they know about you or what the, you know or how they're selling you. And we need to change the rules of the game. Have Have you personally seen any success? Have you personally seen any anybody uh, uh, statewide or federal uh, nationwide that's that's made any type of uh, encroachment on this crackdown on the on Section Two Thirty? There's a lot of talk about it at the end, but uh, I haven't seen any any really serious action. Um, I mean, the EU is way ahead of us on this. The, mm-hmm. the European yeah. Union. The reason why you know when you hit a website, it'll say, "Would you accept a cookie?" is because the EU requires that kind of ah. disclosure. Um, and those are websites that want to you know do business in the European Union as well as here. Um, California has the probably the strictest data standards in the country, and uh, and you know companies are starting to adopt those just to remaining compliance in California, but those are still, you know, a fraction of uh, the, the the rigor of the uh, privacy and data laws in, in Europe. And, and European data companies are still very, very profitable. You know, they're just not, they're just not doing smash and grabs, basically, which yeah. is what's going on here. Well, let me, let me ask you a question. There's a guy named... Data, to the best of my knowledge. Got it. 
Um, now let's talk about uh, presidential elections. What type of influence are these big tech companies having on presidential elections? Um, go from there, Tom, please. Well, I, you know, I, most people are familiar with the with the amazing uh, work that Cambridge Analytica did for both uh, Ted Cruz in 2018 and Donald Trump in 2016, um, having scraped the data on, according to Mark Zuckerberg, 87 million Americans, according to Cambridge Analytica, over 200, 200 million Americans uh, off of Facebook and, and, and then used your own preferences to customize uh, ads that went to you on, on the uh, day of the third presidential uh, debates, uh, you know, in the couple of weeks before the election, um, uh, the Trump campaign ran over 150,000 different variations of one ad and each little tiny tweak of those 150,000 variations, they had been running 40 or 50,000 variations a day. Um, it was, it would, they would tweak the ad slightly so that, you know, if you had a particular preference or a particular aversion to something or from something, um, they would build that into the ad. You know, a motorcycle or blue jeans or, or an attractive person of a gender that you're attracted to or whatever it may be, a particular brand of cigarette that you smoke. Um, this is, this is uh, uh, micro-targeting, super micro-targeting, and it was extraordinarily effective in 2016. It put Donald Trump in the White House, in my opinion, um, between, between Facebook and the Russian intervention. So I think if it wasn't for those two things, he would have been way behind in the dust. Let me ask you this question, and it's it, it, it goes off of the title of the last chapter in your book, Tom. Are we doomed to live under Big Brother's watchful eye? Well, <laughs> to a certain extent, yeah. I mean, we, <laughs> we always make these trade-offs. Do you want a smart TV? Right. Uh, you know, if you want a smart TV, then <laughs> if it's got an Android operating system, Google knows everything you've watched um, and, and, and does keep track of it. Uh, you know, do you want to use a smartphone? If you want a smartphone, either Google or Apple is, uh, you know, is going to know everything that basically that you do. Um, do you want to have a thermostat in your house that's smart? Uh, you're going to have to give up your information to somebody or a smart bed or a smart, you know, lighting system or whatever. Um, so we all make these trade-offs. My argument isn't that the trade-offs are bad or that our giving our information is necessarily yeah. bad. It's that when we do it and we're not informed about what's going on or what the potential consequences are, that's bad. Um, I've got uh, next hour here, uh, Harvey Wasserman uh, joining the show. Are you familiar with Harvey? Oh, I've known Harvey for years. He's a great guy. <laughs> he, and Tommy called me. He called me at the top of the hour just for just before I brought you on, and and he says, uh, "Can you can you go a little early?" I says, "I, I says no. I got I got Tom Hartman schedule." He says, "He says, oh Tom Hartman, he's a friend of mine. Tell him I said hi." <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, tell Harvey I said hi too. So, so, so Harvey's going to talk. Uh, yeah, of course, uh, the nuclear, uh, uh, nuclear <laughs> health, I suppose, is, is is the way I'll phrase it. Uh, right now, in the in the world, we've got. Do, do you do you want to do you want to uh, uh, thread any any of this Big Brother surveillance, uh, Tom, into what's happening right now in uh, in Europe in, in regards to uh, this 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 Russian uh, <laughs> this Russian invasion of Ukraine, which. Which I'm like completely appalled that this guy this guy's doing this, but here he is. It's it's what we're living. Russia has now invaded Ukraine, and people are dying. Um, do you do you want to thread any uh, any big tech into that? 
Well, I think the thing that would tie back to, to my book is the fact that Russia has now blocked Facebook in their country. Um, and, you know, they, they were very happy to use Facebook to, to help Donald Trump become president. But now that Facebook is outing what they're doing, you know, the war crimes they're committing in Ukraine, suddenly Facebook is not available in Russia. Uh, a friend of mine has family in Russia. We were talking this afternoon, and for two days he's been absolutely unable to communicate with them. Um, you know, it's just like the country has shut down. This is the dystopia that we want to avoid. Um, you know, government, like I said, like the NFL, you know, they should be setting reasonable rules. Uh, with reasonable penalties when people break the rules so that we all know how the game is played and everything's out out front. Um, but when you when you let corporations operate in a lawless environment or when governments operate in a lawless environment yeah. where they're accountable to nobody, um, the outcome is never good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tom, as we wind down, I want you to please update listeners as to uh, how your program's going and um, and what's the next. It, this is this isn't the final installment installment in this series, or is it? There's one more book. It'll be coming out in September. It's called The Hidden History of Neoliberalism, How Reaganism Gutted America, and uh, that'll be the eighth and the last book in the series. And uh, the show is doing fine. I got a new project. I'm writing an op-ed every day, five days a week. Uh, it's free. There's no advertising. It's over at hartmanreport.com. Um, and in addition to doing the, the radio and TV show, that you can find it at tomhartman.com. So that's what's up on in my world. Fantastic. Tom, I'm going to uh, – I'm going to – Throw a couple of people your way. You can you can look at them, see if you're interested. And if you like, I'll make the introduction. That's going to be Voorhees and Fix. So look for that coming down the pipeline. I'll send that along to uh, your assistant. Assistant, and I look forward to the uh, to the next outreach and your next installment, Tom. Thanks, thank you, Ian. Thanks so much for having me on your program. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Hartman, and uh, Tom is Tom has been a guest here. Uh, well, I think that's the fifth uh, fifth time. Uh, and and this this series that he's doing really really digs in. I, I again, folks, I, I I exhort you to not get caught up in the political battles. Uh, you know, people will, will want to want want to want to bring you into the uh, bring you into the right side, bring in the left side. And if you go left and you don't go right, you're a traitor. Um, let me let me let me insert this for you. And. Um, if we look back at the course of the past few hundred years, these nations that we see today simply are a product of, this is just the way it is, folks. They are a product, and let's look at the United States, for example. The United States was founded and is a product of religious freedom. It just is. There's no argument in that. The Mayflower set sail, what was it, from uh, uh, from Dartmouth? To land, uh, land on uh, Dartmouth was uh, the second or third stop, I think it was. Uh, 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 the land on what was what they renamed Plymouth Rock, Massachusetts, and 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 those were those pilgrims, folks. Those were those were religious freedom seekers. Uh, that's what they wanted was 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 freedom of religion. Uh, in a time at that age where massive militaries were conquering large spoils of land in the name of religion. This is a fact. This is this is simply a fact. If we go back to the 1630s, that's what the world was living. Has this world changed that much? Well, uh, I recommend you look at a listen to a guy and look at a guy named Eric John Phelps, a past guest on this program, and he certainly comes at his argument as to the various 
tumultuous uh, 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 elements of life that we that we are witnessing, experiencing. He comes at it from a religious standpoint, and and one of the one of the things this this is why Eric John Phelps is somebody that I recommend you listen to. Just listen to where he's coming from, uh, because because folks, um, the one constant that the past two thousand years of Mankind and, and, and look, you, you'll probably live a life of what, 70, 80, 90 years, maybe, maybe less, maybe more. Um, yeah, the, with the average life expectancy of, of, of a human being today is somewhere within that range, I would think. Um, me, myself, the same. And we have a very small, limited time on this planet to, um, to give uh, society or the societies that we live in um, our contributions. So you make a decision as to what you want to leave the world. And whether you're leaving the world uh, uh, beautiful children that are highly functional in the society, uh, or you're leaving the world books, or uh, uh, you're, you're leaving the world uh, political uh, uh, decisions, whatever it may be, uh, artwork, whatever, may be, whatever your contribution is to the world, that's between you and your time on the planet. Um, but if we take 2,000 years, whereas your time and my time is a mere, mere, mere fraction, here's one constant. So we look back and we say, okay, people have, through ancient times, fought for freedoms. One of those constants is religious freedom. And so then we insert Rome. Well, now go to Eric John Phelps because. Eric John Phelps, folks, will dig into Rome, and he will dig into the power structures within Rome. Primarily the present-day Pope that is a Jesuit. His name is Pope Francis. And if you're Catholic, this isn't a knock on Catholicism. It's not a knock on any religion per se. But it is a suggestion that you merely consider some of these constant powers that remain a power and how they might influence Various political decisions today. Okay, now, uh, Big Brother net surveillance, mass surveillance uh, over the information that you put into Facebook or Twitter or Google. Um, again, those are your decisions. And frankly, I don't care. Uh, I don't personally care what is being stored. And as Tom's just said, you must know that everything you do put in is being stored and it's being assigned uh, to you so that uh, so that nothing uh, nothing is held uh, without record. Um, now it has its pros and it has its cons, but it does seem that we are allowing this development of technology to outgrow our ability to contain the power, within the government. As Tom just said, Europe is much more advanced than we are. Um, we have a lot of work cut out for us in the United States, folks. And, uh, and, 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 and again, uh, let me, let me end. Let me end by stating where I basically began. And that is do not get caught up. This is my advice. Do not get caught up in the political melee of your local governance, your state governance, your federal governments, D.C. Get caught up 
in the attacks on your constitutional rights. Be proud to be an American, regardless of where that family came from. Mine, personally, came from France and England. Okay, And if yours have came, uh, it came from Venezuela or it came from um, uh, uh, Africa or it came from China, regardless of where it came from, it is here in this country and you should be proud that you live within this country and you live within the boundaries and the context of its inherent constitution. Do not get caught up in the political divides because this isn't about a political party. The political parties are all controlled by big money. And if you have listened to me before, you will know that the United States Federal Reserve Bank, folks, that finances, basically finances, the United States government, uh, it is a very corrupt machine that is controlled, by and large, by European entities. It's not controlled by American entities. In fact, in fact, the United States flag, you look at and see as a star-spangled banner. That was developed out of the adoption by Benjamin Franklin and George Washington at Cambridge, Massachusetts in 1775. They adapted what was called the British East Indies flag, a trading company flag. That's who financed the development of their war, the American Revolution. That's a Rothschild-controlled entity, ultimately controlled by Rome. You can trace those books back. Uh, you can trace these back in, in, in books. I've got them listed. Eric John, uh, Eric John Phelps, based in Philadelphia, that helps, helps trace that back. So the Star-Spangled Banner, folks. Uh, the, 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 is, is what was, what was eventually became the United States flag, but it didn't start that way. The first flag of the United States, uh, continental Congress representing what became the United States was the British East Indies flag. And it had in its upper left corner, the very union Jack consisting of the flag, or excuse me, the crosses of St. Andrew, St. George, and St. Patrick. The, see, the three patron, patron saints of the United Kingdom. Again, we go back to the pilgrims, don't we? We go back to the pilgrims, we go back to Plymouth Rock. Well, those people fled England because essentially they were fleeing the Church of England, which was controlled still in large part by Rome. So not much has changed, if you ask me, in these few hundred years. And it is up to you. It is up to you more now more than ever make your voice heard, to make your opinion felt, to support that constitution which created this great country. Because it is under attack. Not physically, but in many regards. Its Bill of Rights, its constitution are under attack. So I'll be back uh, momentarily, folks, with Harvey Wasserman. And it's good to hear that uh, Tom and Harvey have been friends for a long time. I'm going to introduce, as I mentioned, uh, Jason Fick uh, and uh, Zach Voria. I'll introduce those two names to Tom. I I, I, I love the work Tom does. I, I believe he knows that. Um, five times, I think four, four or five times on my show. I, he, he, he seemingly likes the work that I do. And, um, and again, I will end this with do not side with political parties, folks. Side with the United States Constitution. Now, if you need a political party to support you, Nothing wrong with that, but make sure that they are upholding those constitutional rights as they support you. Don't get caught into a corner. Folks, until next time, be awesome.